Welcome to Careers Evolve, the podcast for women where we talk about pivoting, opening doors, and breaking barriers in your career. Our careers evolve as we do, so let's talk about it. I'm your host, Dr. Monique Johnson. Now let's get into the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Careers Evolve podcast. I'm your host, Monique Johnson, and I am here today with a special guest, Leisha Thompson. She is a friend and a colleague, and I'm so excited to have her here. Just to remind you, the Careers Evolve podcast is all about elevating women and women of color in particular, telling their stories, allowing them to tell their stories, giving them the platform, learning from their stories, and in particular, women from my local community, the Cincinnati, Dayton area, and of course, across the country. So stay tuned. I have some good ones coming up. Now, Leisha Thompson, thank you so much for being here. We're so excited to have you. She is a leadership transition, clarity, and confidence coach and consultant. And she has a background in corporate risk management uh, in leadership roles, more than two decades. And she has leadership in workers' compensation, managed care as well. And I'm going to let her tell you more about what she has done and what she is doing. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So thank you for the opportunity, Monique. So yes, just a, a quick synopsis of my, I guess, journey which actually began, I was in journalism initially <laughs> at TV Guide magazine right out of college. And at that time, I didn't feel as though I would make as much money as I wanted to. And this is right out of college because the other people that worked in the department were in their 40s and we had the exact same title. And so a few months in that that was a, a red flag for me. <laughs> and so what I did was navigated into the claims, uh, claims um, industry on the property liability side for a national carrier. And the reason I loved it was it allowed me to incorporate all of my interests as far as career paths into one job. And so what I mean by that is being in a liability unit which involved investigations. I worked with attorneys, physicians. I still had an ability to write, though it wasn't creative writing, it was more business writing. But then I began a newsletter for the insurance agents because in my mind, I'm, I'm a journalist, I'm supposed to write, even though I chose to make you know this career change. But that's that exposure in the claims industry really shaped my entire career going forward. So I don't want to continue on too long <laughs> with my story, but I eventually transitioned into workers' compensation because I realized that it was more important to me to help individuals who were ill or became injured in the course and scope of their employment and needed direction around navigating through the legalities involved with that claims process. So fast forward, um, I began my journey in workers' compensation as an associate, or I'm sorry, I came in as an assistant claims manager, and then through the years, um, career just you know from various promotions, I um, began a national return to work program which 
works with the injured workers who are coming back to work in need of an accommodation because of the nature of their injury. And so that involves working with a lot of different moving pieces, different departments, leave of absence, HR, the person's manager, so on and so forth. And so I then became the director within the same department. So it's not normal or customary that I think one would spend 22 years in the same department, but I did because of the size of the department one, and then career opportunities. And so when I left, I was the director of the managed care program and the return to work program. So at that point I had nurses reporting to me, also the return to work coordinators, and then it was a national program. And then I had vendor management also. So it was all in the same department. So for me, I just think I was really fortunate to have landed there and that's why I stayed because I was able to have a multitude of opportunities along the way. Wow, that's so, amazing. Oh, Journalism to right, I know. <laughs> compensation, managed care. That's a, an amazing transition that you've had there. No, thank you. And and so recently you decided to leave that role and to embark on entrepreneurship. Is that right? Yes, which is funny because I was a person who years prior said to entrepreneurs, you know, more power to you. I would never do that. I need to know when I'm getting my biweekly check and that works well for me. <laughs> but I realized in 2018 that although I had successful career and I guess I was looking for a way to give back. So I'm a person of faith and I thought, okay, it's, it's been great all these years. I mean, you know, there were some bumps along the road and some struggles too. Everything wasn't rose, roses, but for the most part, it, it, my experience was, was great for me. I learned a lot, but I began thinking about what, what's next. What can I do? Because I like to grow myself. Um, and usually for whatever reasons, it seems every couple of years, I felt the need to do something bigger, to keep moving forward, upward, whatever you want to call that. But I'd also decided it was time for me to leave the company where I had been those 20, at that point it was 21 years. So I gave myself a year to, to be gone. And so I decided to, after a lot of research, to combine my experience from that career path to coaching because I wanted to be able to give back to others. And I think that came from being in leadership roles for all those years. And I've had tons of one-on-one -on -one relationships with my direct reports or the people that report to the managers that reported to me. And I tended to see some patterns um, when it came to just relationships between uh, managers, didn't matter what level, senior manager, whomever, and sometimes their direct reports. And then the conversations that escalated to me about those types of relationships, which typically involved communication, breakdown in communication, or conflict avoidance, wherein some managers aren't comfortable discussing performance issues with their direct report. So they allow those people to remain in those roles, even though it's a detriment to the team. And so after, after seeing that, not just where I work, but in other, you know, other venues as well, I started trying to think of, okay, so based on what I've learned, 
what can I do to try to improve some of those situations? Because I saw people who were frustrated because of all of this. So not only was it their employee, but it's the manager too. And to me, that's just, um, it just doesn't make sense to me <laughs> to right. spend, um, you know, hours at work and you don't feel that you belong there or that you can affect change or any of those things. So to me, coaching would help. So I um, purposed myself to um, go to coaching school in Chicago. Some was online, um, but a lot of the hours I, because I like, I'm a visual learner. So I drove to Chicago purposefully so that I could sit in a classroom as well as then come back home and complete the other assignments um, online but wanted to combine that new knowledge to what I already knew to then start my own business and reach out to help other people navigate through their own transitions. And so I, I actually wanna correct the word I just used because I'm trying not to say help because help is not the strongest word to use in the line of work that you and I both do. Right, <laughs> so right. We are we are helping, but we, you know, it's a stronger relationship than just being the help. And so what I really, I guess, meant to say is I work with individuals who are ready to affect change in their lives. And I prefer to work with the people who are ready now, not the people right. who say they're interested or that they want to eventually. That's not my client. Right. So I'm here to listen, empower, create awareness, help them to see strategies and teach strategies, I guess, so that they can pull all that together. But I, I'm the person who's going to push them a little bit. So we talk about that on the front end because I want to make sure that I'm the right person for them and that they're the right person for me because I don't want to overwhelm someone if they're not truly ready. Right. So it's, it's been a process, but the last thing I'll say, because I hope it's valuable to some of your audience, is that I actually requested to be severed also during 2019 because I could see the environment changing in the industry, not necessarily workers' comp, but I worked in the retail industry in risk management. We had always been self-insured and self-administered. So it was a big claims department and based in multiple states. And over time that began to change. However, I, I could see other changes on the horizon as all retailers have noticed in the past several years, but I had turned down several three offers for to you know for a severance at my level they were offered annually and I kept saying no I love what I do this is great by the time I got to 2018 it I didn't have that same feeling anymore and I kind of had an intu intuition that it would continue to change and I wanted to show up differently so purposing purpose being purposeful I I asked if they would reoffer it and I just, I'll never forget the day that that conversation took place because I was speaking with someone at, at a much higher level, but I knew that person could make it happen, or I assumed. And I remember her saying, are you asking me to sever you? <laughs> and I said, I would like for you to re-offer the package. I'm now ready to accept it. And that was an interesting conversation. But when I left work that day, I remember thinking, did I just say that? Like, whoa, <laughs> you know, who does that? <laughs> but um, deep down inside, it was the right thing. 
Although I had that moment of fright. Of course. <laughs> when yeah, the reality, you know, yeah. But um, when I look back on it, oh my gosh. So I say that because I think it's so important for people to look ahead, be visionaries and create your own path and be proactive versus reactive. And I'll stand by that every day, all day. It can be scary, but if you have processed it, make the best decisions, you know, I'm a person of faith, so I pray about these things too. But, oh my gosh, you you get clarity and strength as long as you're determined that no matter what else happens, you're going to keep moving forward. And so for me, that's why I brand myself as a transition coach and consultant for leaders who are seeking clarity and confidence because I've been there, done it numerous times. <laughs> Not as big as the one I just illustrated to you. That's probably the biggest transition that I took upon in that kind of way. But there have been countless others along the way, which I think just happens in the course of life. But I don't see it as something to be afraid of. So, well, that's that's encouraging. That was certainly a big leap. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> True. I thought, you know, it's, yeah, it's funny because even after that, I, I think I had one other time when I woke up in, early in the morning before the alarm and I was, oh my God, I'm unemployed. <laughs> but but I wasn't unemployed, if that makes sense. You know, right, right. <laughs> but it wasn't what I was accustomed to and my first time out of the gate being self-employed. So I feel much better now about it. <laughs> You kind of gave us a very, I don't know the word, but you sort of kind of described how your career evolved so far up to entrepreneurship. Give me like three words that describe that evolution. What, what would you say would describe your, your transition? Mm, fearless, determined, and I wish I could think of a super big word. So I'm on a I was on a journey is what my daughters and I talked about. Cause I said to them, I'm on a journey. I'm not sure where I'm going, but I can feel my momentum and I'm just going to ride with it because I'll get the clarity. And it was kind of that way for a while. So I began writing, which I hadn't done creatively in years. So I started writing and then I just started posting some of my thoughts because I thought I, I knew it had something to do with motivating others, but I just didn't know what it was at that time. But that started to give me clarity around my mission at this time in life. So it's a total career change, but I pull from my past experiences to combine them with new knowledge, new training that I obtained to, through my certifications to move forward. So I offer that just to share with your listeners that often, I mean, more often than not, it's important to learn how to pay attention to your intuition. And even though you don't have the clarity always on the front end, but as long as you're willing to take some steps forward, acknowledging your intuition or faith, how God speaks to us, I believe the clarity will start to come in small ways. And then eventually you will have that moment of total clarity and you'll mm -hmm. know, but you have to be able to step into the unknown and work in the gray. Mm -hmm. And that's not easy for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not easy. It's just not easy. <laughs> it's definitely not easy. Right. <laughs> yeah. I always say, you know, we have to be willing to take those chances, yeah. um, you know, taking those chances 
can you know feel like uncertainty it can be very scary very frightening but if you don't take the chance and take the steps and how will you know right how will you that, know what's, yeah. what's waiting for you and i love the phrase that you used early on you said ride the journey it's a journey and you kind of have to be willing to ride it out with determination and focus yeah That's for good. sure uh, it's fantastic so have you had any specific turning points in your career up to now thought i would ask if there was any turning point and when you say turning point, give me a few more words around what that means to you. Uh, so I don't want to that has maybe inspired you to kind okay. of shift. Was there any specific thing? Yes. So I'll take, I'll answer that when, for me, more so working in corporate America is what fueled me to take various positions throughout the years. And so there weren't many people that looked like me in any of the positions that I had when I was there. So of course, being a black woman, we take on and create our own stressors in some instances because of trying to deliver everything perfectly because I don't like to be micromanaged. And I learned that when I was in my mid thirties, tell me what the project is, tell me what, you know, um, and we can talk, tell me your vision. We can brainstorm and come up with something unified. We set parameters and I'll, I'll deliver every time as long as I have the vision. But I don't like when people hang, hang over as though they think I'm incapable. And so I learned early on in my leadership roles how to operate so that people wouldn't have a need, but there's no reason. So it worked for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I just continued to deliver in that way. But the turning point for me was one day, I'll never forget, and I was early in my career as an assistant claims manager, and I was in, a, in an office with several other people, and we were having a dialogue with someone at one of the stores who also was in a leadership role. However, I kept being dismissed, and I didn't know if it was because I was newer or if it was because of my age at the time, or if it was, you know, I don't know, and I, I didn't want to defer to, is because I'm Black, like, am I invisible? But I remember after frustration started setting in and me trying to figure out how to show up because I hadn't, you know, new in management and I heard my voice escalating. And I remember at that moment that that's not how I wanted to show up. I, I do not want to ever be perceived to be angry because I'm not an angry person. So I had to learn how to articulate differently purposefully and find, find my voice. So that's, you know, is that middle age? I don't know. I, I was still a millennial at that point before millennial was a, was a phrase. Was a <laughs> right. right. But, and then there's so, also the, you know, the notion of the angry black woman, you know, absolutely. So. And, and I refuse to be classified as, as such because we speak culturally differently sometimes depending upon the situation, but it is not always angry. Right. It could right. be full of passion and emotion. That's what I say, I'm just passionate. <laughs> I'm more passionate right. than you are. I'm right. more demonstrative in my conversation. You right. know, I get excited. 
Right. And it's, and it's some, it is cultural, I think. And so while we understand other people, you know, are put off by that. And so when I recognized in that meeting, that became a turning point for me, because if I am perceived to be angry, then you won't listen to me. And I don't have time to keep repeating and trying to choose different words to make other people comfortable. So what I learned is just to speak differently, which meant I had to reel it in a little bit and then go back and still, you know, get my point across. So um, it was just interesting over time because then I started seeing that in other people also. So becoming a mentor, some of those conversations involved uh, topics around around your branding, how, how you want to be seen, how you want to be perceived in certain environments, particularly when you come to work, you know, you bring your authentic personal self, but you also pick up your your professional brand and they can coexist. But at that time, I don't know that I thought of it that way. This is now coming to me, taking a step back from corporate and working with other people. So that's part of what I teach is that we should have a personal brand. We should have a professional brand and we mm-hmm. they can coexist if we are mindful and aware of our values and what we're trying to accomplish being um you know being purposeful and making conscious decisions right right mm-hmm. well that's a good segue into sharing a little bit more about your business i know we we've talked a lot about your uh journey and your story and I'd like to hear a little bit more. And I'm sure the those listening would like to hear a little <laughs> more about what you do and your business and the name of your business and all of that good information. Okay, sure. Thank you. So the name of my business is Leisha Thompson Coaching and Consulting. I have branded myself as the leadership transition clarity and confidence coach. And the reason for that is because I learned that Oftentimes, people want to be in a transitional phase of life, which could be professional or personal, um, and they just don't know what steps to take or how to make those. They have the vision, they just don't know how to start the journey, or they are afraid to take a step. They have some fear that's typically, sometimes it's not even real, but it's a self-limiting belief that we often create. Um, at various times in different situations where we start second guessing our abilities. And so I chose to work with leaders because I'm comfortable with that because of my work experience. But then also I stress to individuals that we all are leaders or should be, we're all capable outside of work in our personal lives, meaning some of us take on um, volunteer opportunities. We're raising our children. I mean, you're a leader if you're a parent, you know, depending on how you choose to accept that responsibility, you're a leader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I work with leaders um, and I started off with my business um, working with people who were in transitional phases of their personal lives. So it could be coming out of a divorce or becoming, a, you were a caregiver and now that role is, is no longer existing in that equation. And so a lot of times people struggle with, so, so what am I going to do now? Um, you know, I've spent years being a caregiver. I, I don't even know who I am at this point. And, and that's not a good feeling, but it happens often. 
And then the same with you're in a relationship, now you're not in a relationship. People struggle with figuring out who they want to be at this point or who they are, what their gifts are, so on and so forth. So I hope to be um, a bridge in those types of equations so that I work with people to get clarity around. And then I really, really, it's important to me, maybe it's me wanting to create some type of legacy, but I hope that I'm remembered for not only motivating and encouraging, but teaching people how to become bolder in what they do. So I've never been a passive person and I just want other people not to be either if they choose. You know, I can't force that, but I think life can be so much more rewarding when we purposefully choose and create our own destiny rather than to be in a reaction mode. And so that's that's the type of work that I've chosen to do at this time. And it's so exciting to me when because I'm I'm virtual, I work virtually internationally. And so it's so rewarding when I can see someone's facial expression when they've had this moment of clarity and, and you could just see it all over their body, you know, and then then I know that what we're doing is beneficial for that person. And depending on who it is or what it is, once I figured out how people think, then I know how to guide them or their thoughts to get them where they want to be by the end of the session. So we have a goal. They come to each session. They tell me what they want to work on. I take them through a series of questions so that I'm trying to figure out if it's an immediate, short-term, long-term goal and then work with them on strategies based on what it is so that at the end of that session, I need to be able to deliver what they came for at the beginning. So I get all that information on the front end and then go from there. So then near the end, I want to know what insights have they obtained so that I know and they know if they got what they were looking for, if it's been helpful for them. And I'm sure they get what they're looking for because you are great at what you do. And I didn't mention, you're very welcome. And I didn't mention how we know each other. Uh, We met at a vision board party, right? And probably (laughs) a year or so ago, maybe. Well, we met prior to that. And then we met again at the vision board party. Okay. okay. So yes, I've seen your entrepreneurial journey and you're doing fantastic. Yes. Continue to support one another and share resources. And I'm just really excited for what's ahead for you. Thank you. And likewise, I'm excited for your future, too. (laughs) You are everywhere. (laughs) I'm still trying to get this podcast thing down. It's it's going pretty well. Fumble my words every now and then. But you know what? We just keep going and it will be fine. So I wanted to ask you this one last question uh, before we go. I ask all the guests this question. How are you opening doors and breaking barriers? And what does that mean to you? Oh, That's a lot. So my mission, I think I stated before, is to strengthen the mindset of the individuals that I work with so that they then are confident and comfortable and they know where they want to be in their personal lives, again, professionally and personally. But I want them to be strong enough to launch, to take off and go for what they want with a boldness. I don't know why I keep saying bold, but bold seems to be really what I'm trying to help people 
I got I want people to be more determined and proactive with a boldness. Do what you want, chart your path, go for it and stop falling off. You know, like sometimes we launch and then we just we fade to black. <laughs> it just, right, you right. know, it doesn't happen. And then people live with regret and I I just don't believe that that's necessary for anyone if they choose to put the work in. So I'm here to just boost people up and push them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize, even with career coaching, which is the type of coaching that I do, that they have to do the work and we can introduce them to different concepts and challenge their mindset, but they have to do the work. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sure you tell them that, you know, you I have to remind people on occasion. Absolutely. Um, I don't have the magic formula. Right. And it's, it's their life at the end of the day. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it is. Be be purposeful. Exactly. Exactly. Be intentional and purposeful. Mm -hmm. So is there anything that I did not ask you that you would like to share before we come to a close? So I love um, words, language, reading books and all of that. So One quick thing, which I think kind of summarizes a little bit about what we've talked about, things happen in our lives. Sometimes we can't avoid them. You know, sometimes we think just circumstances change and um, sometimes that can distract us and sometimes people just quit, right? And so what is important, I hope for others to remember that no matter what obstacles arise and they will, as long as we continue to live, that I go back to a poem that Maya Angelou uh, wrote many years ago, and it's titled, Still I Rise. And I think it's, for me, it speaks volumes um, because it talks about the journey of of, um, Black folks in America and how we got here, how our ancestors arrived and so on and so forth. But despite what happened, we still rise. And so it's important to, for me to honor my um, ancestry because I feel that their strength fuels me and pushes me forward. And then my faith, on the other hand, knows where I need to be and guides me. So I try to connect with both my faith and my ancestry, and I have found strength from, from both. And so that's the poem that I just think kind of speaks to how I think and how I wish people would remember that obstacles are just obstacles, but we all can rise with purpose. Again, it goes back to what we've been talking about, being aware, having purpose, knowing, determination, all those those strong words. <laughs> that is beautiful. And that's one of my favorites. I love, love <laughs> Maya Angelou, Dr. Maya Angelou. Dr. Maya, yes. Beautiful um, kind of analogy of how those two things work in your life, you know, your faith and knowing that you will rise and that we all will rise if we just, you know, keep going and the ancestors. And who am I to complain? You know, they, my life has been nothing in comparison to what they overcame. So when in my weak moments, (laughs) I, um, I just think back, there's, just say pull yourself together pull yourself together (laughs) right (laughs) yeah so how can people stay in touch with you sure get in touch with you get in touch with me yes if anyone is interested in having a conversation around their thoughts or just how to gain clarity 
I can be reached. My website is www.lishaliciathompson.com. My email address is Leisha at LishaThompson.com. And then my phone number is 513-445-8363. And I work virtually, um, could possibly be in person, depending on what happens with the pandemic going forward. But for now, um, it's pretty easy to, to do the work. Mm -hmm. So thank you for asking. Well, thank you. And I will include that information in the show notes, the episode notes. And I want to thank you so much for taking your time today, this Friday afternoon we're recording. And I just appreciate you so, so much. Thank you for your support and great information from Alicia. She is definitely someone you want to connect with if you are looking for clarity. <laughs> Thank you so much, Monique. I truly appreciate the invitation to be on your show. So continue evolving and um, continue to do so. There's a lot of work to be done <laughs> in the world. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate the support. If you haven't already, please subscribe. If you'd like to learn more about me, please visit my website at drmoniquecjohnson.com. And that's DR for doctor. Until next time, let's open doors and break barriers.